Thanks for tuning in to our bonus episode preview. This is just a short sample of this week's exclusive Patreon episode. You can hear the episode in its entirety by becoming a member at patreon.com slash indoctrination, where you'll gain access to all of our exclusive episodes and merchandise. I am so excited to have Kernan back on the show. It's been a long time and it's so nice to be able to talk to you. So I hope we get to do this more often. So welcome. Well, thank you, Rachel. It's, it's good to be here again. Mm-hmm. And so the last time we had a certain subject in mind where we were talking about these miracle cures and how dangerous that can be. And you had also mentioned um, the amazing Randy and the people who you had worked with and kind of looked up to as models of how you show the world, sort of how you explain to the world in different ways, you know, like with sort of in a multi-sensory way, I think, you know, Randy was really good at that and sort of teaching lessons that are important. Well, yeah, that brings us to my subject that I didn't broach before because I thought, well, you know, why hit that hornet's nest with a stick? But things have changed since then. And that subject is, of course, Scientology and our old friend, L. Ron Hubbard. And, you know, my basic desire for this conversation was to talk about something that pertains to the subject of Scientology and other control groups. And um, that is people who are interested in those things and that subject of mind control cults, that sort of thing. I wanted to talk about that. And that ranges from basically 1978, when I get fair gamed, till 2022, when I get my very own Scientology smear page. Ooh, mazel tov. Uh, It's very exciting. And I thought, okay, great. I got a smear page. So why not just go? I'll try to keep the F-bombs to a minimum. That's fine in this subject because smear campaigns, I mean, we, we've we been through it with Scientology and we continue, but the fact that you have your own page, I have to say. It's just hilarious because I'm small fry. I, I haven't done anything that really was that big a deal in terms of my criticism and my activism in terms of dealing with them and their abuses over the years. So I will just basically fill you in on my story and then the concept of what I call the never in. And I'll I'll preface that with saying that in the field of Scientology study, people who are interested in it from the outside, my home base for all of this is Tony Ortega's blog, The Underground Bunker, where there is an amazing community of people And that community is comprised of what I would call exes. Those are people who were in Scientology and escaped or got out of it. Then there are people that I would call UTR, under the radar. And those are people that are still in, but would love to leave or speak out, but can't because they will lose their friends, their family, their job, or all three. And then I don't think we have any indies. Indies are people who have left Scientology and practice their own version of it, which tends to be pretty hilarious if you've ever read any of their stuff. It's like L. Ron Hubbard on steroids. And then there's never-ins, people like me, who were never Scientologists, but through a series of unfortunate or fortunate <laughs> events, ended up being really obsessed with the subject and really fascinated by it for a variety of reasons. So I'm going to talk about why, how I got into it, 
how this happened and my self-examination over the years to figure out what does this say about you? What does your interest in this say about you? So I wanted to also clarify just, yes, it's, it can be a series of fortunate or unfortunate events, very lemony snicket of you, but I think I'm going to relate to your story, even though I don't want to interject too much because it has, it was a series of unfortunate, but ending up being fortunate events that sort of have prompted me to also be a never and who cares about this to this degree. I'm curious though, if you can explain, and I know that, that, you know, you've been through the ringer and you've also done it. We talked about a little bit uh, before you've done some things from behind the scenes and um, you're one of the unsung heroes. And I'm, I'm happy to be able to, to highlight some of what you've done. Can you first explain about this policy that they say they don't have, but they have called being fair gamed? Fair game was a policy saying that people can be lied, cheated, tricked. I believe that it ends with, and of course, destroy him utterly, as L. Ron Hubbard would say, just destroy him utterly. He actually said this, this is codified. It's not something I made up or the critics make up. It's in some HCOP, Hubbard Communication Office, bulletin or letter. So it's, it's what they're stuck with. And this is the thing I've often compared Hubbard to other charismatic cult and uh, religious leaders, most especially uh, Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith and Hubbard are super similar in their backgrounds and their ability to get people to do stuff you cannot imagine. And then their successors, Brigham Young and David Miscavige, both of whom basically have blood on their hands to one degree or another. I find that fascinating. And I also find it fascinating that Hubbard made the blunder of not leaving prophecy to his successor, because that was the genius of Joseph Smith, is he left prophecy to his successors, to either the head of the church or to the apostles, so that they could go, oh, oh, wait a minute, Black people are good. They can be in the church so they can progress over time. Look, by the end of this century, they'll be having gay weddings in the temples, I'm sure. So so at this point, Miscavige's hands have been tied. Hubbard keeled over, dropped his body. He was left with this ironclad uh, cannon that he is not allowed to change at all. And he's been desperately trying to do it for 30 He's, he's been in charge of Scientology longer than Hubbard was at this point. He's always claiming that, oh, well, there are too many apostrophes here, or there's the golden age of tech, or they've so many different ways he's tried to repackage and make people pay for it over and over again, because he's really not supposed to change any of it other than finding mistakes in it. So um, picture it, San Diego County, North County, 1978, late 1978, I had come back from Europe. I was, you know, young gay boy out to my parents. I'm 18, 19 years old. My parents are cool, very supportive, progressive people. My family's great. My friends are all great. No problem there. And um, I'm doing a show in Escondido, I think. We were doing uh, Stop the World, I Want to Get Off, and at the Vineyard Shopping Center at Patio Playhouse. And I had to go to a friend of mine to get the timeline on this because that's a long time ago, 1978, 79. And uh, so I'm in this show and there's a bookstore nearby that has kind of spiritual books and things. And at this time, I am sliding into my kind of credulous new age stuff really intensely. And I know we talked about this in my last interview. 
So I'm really on my way into to this stuff. And I go to a Touch for Health lecture there, which was a workbook on actually kind of like touch assists in a Scientology. Similar. Anyway, it was, a, it was a kind of spiritual thing. So somehow or other, I went to this. I think my aunt and I went and, we, and I saw this young guy there and we totally hit it off and sparks flew and we started uh, a relationship. Well, I didn't see him very much in his home turf. I didn't know where he lived. I knew he lived with his folks somewhere in North County, but he visited my house quite a few times and would have dinner, would come over and stay over. My parents really liked him. My aunt liked him. She would come and visit. So we were, you know, 19, 18 years old doing things 18s and 19 year olds do. He was not really in my very tight knit group of friends, but you know how that is when you're young and you start dating someone and you're just like, okay, I'm not, not talking to my friends now. I'm totally pouring myself into this person. I come home from, uh, I was, I'm going to gap two gap years between when I graduated in 77 and went to college in 1980. And I wanted to work and go to Europe and travel and stuff. So I came home from work and I was living with my folks and I look into the house and my dad's reading his paper and my mom's watching TV and I walk in the door and they both stop. And my mother turns and looks at me and my dad does the thing. He puts the paper down and he looks over his glasses at me which is never a good thing. And he goes, something's going on with your little friend. You need to listen to the phone machine. And my mother goes, we don't know what he's talking about. What is it? And I'm like, well, what? What's going on? She goes, just listen to the machine. I'm like, okay, I'll listen to the machine. So I go over and press the button. And there is the guy I'm dating. We'll call him Jim. And the message paraphrased goes something like this. In his best Eddie Haskell voice, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. Coleman. This is Jim. I have some bad news for you. It seems that your son is a homosexual and that he is, in fact, quite ill. As a matter of fact, your whole family is quite ill. And then he said some more stuff and only Scientology can help. You should come to the mission in Escondido. And then he says some more stuff and it ends with, it would be a shame if this were to get into the media. And then he... It ends. What? And I'm like, okay, someone has just hit me in the gut with a baseball bat. And I'm hurt because my boyfriend just broke up with me, but he just outed me to my parents who already know we're dating. What is this? So all these things are going on in my head at once. And I'm like sad and I'm pissed off and I'm confused. And then I'm thinking, the media, and this is 1978 North County. What is, is it going to go into the penny saver or something? What, <laughs> you know, you know, teenager is gay in the penny saver. I don't think that would have made a, a big deal. So no, but what a betrayal and to be so deceptive too. Yeah. I mean, incredible. 